Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today we have Douglas Webster joining us. For those of you unfamiliar with Doug, Doug created Ice Dance International in 2014 and is the executive and artistic director. IDI showcases and promotes ice dancing as an internationally recognized performing art untethered by the technical rules of competitive ice dance. Doug has created and produced all special events for IDI, including eight residencies across the U.S., two American public television specials, two national tours, performances at the Jacob Pillow Dance Festival, Aspen Gay Ski Week, Fenway Park, WGBH's Open Studio, the National Baseball Hall of Fame, the Fenmore Museum, and Rockefeller Center. He also established Skate 360, the IDI School of Performance Skating. This month, Ice Dance International is busy with its spring tour, which will visit Maine, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Arizona, and California. So we want to welcome Doug to This Week in Skating. Welcome, Doug. Hi, Doug. We're so glad to have you with us. Hi, everybody. Yeah, thank you for taking time out <laughs> thank of you your for schedule, me. especially since thank your you so spring much. tour starts in just a couple of days. Uh, we open on Saturday, yeah, and we're here in <laughs> rehearsals in Monson, Maine, um, up in a really rural part of Maine uh, in full winter glory with uh, snow and lakes and trees and pine trees and all the things but we're we're working at the uh, Piscataquis County Ice Arena here which is a warm beautiful venue to rehearse in and we're in a residency that's um presenting us by Monson Arts which is a performing arts center here in Monson uh so it's a terrific opportunity to sort of be in a winter bubble in rehearsal with an amazing group of people yeah well Daphne you know a little bit about Maine <laughs> winter <laughs> I do. Before we start recording, Doug and I were talking about how the snow now is coming like at the end of February and March every year instead of December. Yeah. <laughs> I've known Doug for a while um, because of the Ice Dance Connection. And his show that he did in February 2020 was actually the last one that I photographed before the pandemic. So it's been quite a while um, since I've seen Doug, because I haven't been able to get to any of the shows, but now that things have opened up again, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get back out there and, and get to some of these performances. I had the opportunity to get to watch them practicing one day. They were rehearsing 
it was before 2020. What I remember most from that was just the intricacy that went into each of the parts of the programs that you were presenting and how much fun the cast was mm. having. No, thank you. Well, and that piece, when we were doing that, that was back in, I think, 2018 when we were working with Trey McIntyre. Yeah. And Trey McIntyre yes. is um, a very famous choreographer in the world of ballet and contemporary ballet in a certain way uh, and working all over the world. And so we were very fortunate to have him come to Portland, Maine and created a piece for us called A Blade of Sunshine. And uh, and that was a very creative process and uh, and a lot of fun. So and that piece um, was shown on our previous tour and also on our TV shows that we made for public television. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was great. I appreciated having uh, the opportunity to be there and see the creative process because, like I said, it's different from anything that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but let's, Doug, let's go all the way back. Can you tell us a little bit about your skating story? Well, sure. I mean, I was a competitive skater back in the day, but I was a free skater and my competitive career didn't last very long because I started skating late in life. And, um, and so, you know, I went to nationals and, um, and then kind of got out of skating competitively at 18 and went to college at William and Mary. And while I was in college, uh, Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia had an ice show. And, uh, and I got cast in that ice show as the principal skater. And that was back in the late eighties in 88. And, uh, and from that show, I was hired by Willie B tech productions, who is a you know prolific producer now, of course, does the Royal Caribbean ships and, had at one point the ice capades and and but at this time he had a boutique show very um, amazing opportunity called um, Festival on Ice that became Broadway on Ice in 1989, and so I was cast in that show with Scott Hamilton and John Curry and um, Ty and Randy and it was just an incredible opportunity. Uh, at the same time, Cindy Stewart and Jamie Isley, who are famous skating choreographers today, were in that show. And that just sort of kickstarted my career. Um, I moved to New York City in the early 90s and worked with Ice Theater of New York for 24 years, ending up becoming their artistic director. And in 2003, along that way, Cindy Stewart hired me to work with her on Disney on Ice. And we spent 10 years together uh, creating Disney on Ice shows. At the time, Holiday on Ice shows as well. And um, we were working on Stars on Ice and as a choreographer. So it was just an incredible opportunity um, to develop a craft and a vocabulary of movement I created. I can't even count the number of pieces I made for Ice Theater of New York. And in 2014, I moved on and started Ice Dance International um, with, with the goal to develop a touring company. Um, and one that was providing opportunities for ice dancers. Um, that was really the goal to create a, an elite level ice dancer. Um, and, and that level of nuance of skating, that level of um, power and extension and knee bend and, and partnering really was what I was looking for in this company. And, and that is happening. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, in sort of shifting topic a little bit, how many people leave skating and don't continue a professional career. 
I had made for three years during that time from 2014, 15 and 16, I made Shall We Dance on Ice as the creative director for Steve Disson. And that show was really a showcase of ice dancing uh, with Meryl and Charlie and Tanith and Ben. And, you know, it was like an incredible cast of ice dancers and ballroom dancers from uh, So You Think You Can Dance and, and uh, Dancing with the Stars. And I thought that that show was just going to propel ice dancing and, you know, Meryl and Charlie, and we were going to be having these incredible opportunities. Um, and and it is happening, but it's just much slower. But so many people uh, from even that show quit went right into competitive teaching, went right into, you know, sort of not really, the opportunities just aren't there right now in the world of professional skating for people like the way that they used to be where they were showcased as the headliners in a major show like Ice Capades, or they have Stars on Ice, of course, now, but it's a shorter tour. But those long tours where people were being, you know, engaged for, for years and having incredible performance opportunities. So IDI was created as Hopeful Home to um, uh, an artist and an athlete and a dancer and a skater and a, and a mover and somebody passionate about, about growth of ensemble skating, especially. Yeah. You've mentioned we don't have those opportunities anymore for skaters to, you know, move on to the professional side, you know, stars on ice is what six shows. So it's great to have IDI that is there as an opportunity for skaters once, you know, their competitive season is done for them or their competitive career is done for them. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, right now uh, we have Karina Menta and Joe Johnson, Colin Brubaker, Ksenia Panamarova, and uh, and ice dancers like Carly Donawick. And it's 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 a it's a it's a gift to have these because they are all artists and they are all passionate about the craft of ice dance and passionate about the craft of, of movement on ice. And when I talk about ice dance, because we also have free skaters and pair skaters in the company, Adagio style pair skaters, the idea of ice dance for me is that we are dancing on ice, that we are, you know, I, I don't qualify it in any way as part of the um, curriculum competitive ice dance and how that's defined by US and ISU and all of those things. but. But it's a it's a showcase for um, a dancing on ice, and you know I think ice dancing. It's hard to call it anything else because it is ice dancing. You know that's what we're doing. Some people call it theater on ice because it's yeah. also the company is very theatrical. You know we are we are a theater based ice dance company, and it's the the work is theatrical. It's emotional. It's storytelling. It's dynamic and it's athleticism and um, and hopefully elevating the artistry of skating as well. Yeah, just to further discuss the lack of opportunity. When I first started IceDance.com, there was the Champions on Ice tour. There was Stars on Ice. There were a bunch of European yeah. tours that have... A lot of them are, are still there, but not as many. No. Um, the highest level competitor could go on to do stars on ice usually or champions tour. And now it's very difficult sure. to be, I mean, the opportunities are so few that your opportunity is this coaching. Like you can coach mm -hmm. and be a choreographer and get the occasional show, like a club show. Sure. But the opportunities are not there. And, and that's disappointing. But I think mm -hmm. also that, if you think about it, it it kind of draws attention to the fact that 
the popularity of the sport in this country is not what it once was. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, what I do know is people love skating. Like the popularity of the sport, when you say you're an ice skater to anybody, oh, you know, it's like, you know, I think anybody who is a skater probably mm-hmm. experiences that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a skater. And you know, all of those things, but yeah, it, it's, and people have nostalgia about skating and people have a sense of wonder about skating. And I think we see that on social media now with the lodge and people like that, where, where you're seeing this extraordinary um, way of showcasing skating in new and unexpected ways that is building an audience uh, also in different ways. But, you know, and of course there's Disney on ice and holiday on ice. And these are great vehicles for a lot of skaters that want to tour and go on a national tour. Ice Dance International um, provides people a more short-term opportunity also because not everybody wants to go on a year-long tour. Um, And the other thing about Ice Dance International, it's, um, you know, it's really a company about great skating. And it's it's grassroots in so many ways um, in terms of production. Like we're not, we don't have the resources to light our shows the way that you see in big production because it's just too costly to, and we don't have the opportunity to rig and hang and do all of the stuff that you need to do. But what we do is showcase the skating and beautiful costumes and and um, and it's, it's an exciting opportunity, I think, just to share a new way like of seeing the athleticism and the artistry of skating. And mostly, like I said, it's, a, it's an ensemble company we're profiling skating it's not about solos and duets it's not about exhibition style skating the show that we have touring now in the spring that we also toured last fall uh it's 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 a it's an entire experience where you 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 know each piece has uh, resonates with the idea of grace each piece builds from one to the next and it's filled with transitions so nobody's just stopping a piece and bowing and getting off it's constant flow of energy that moves through the pieces. Um, and that when we toured in the fall was, um, you know, every single person that came to see it said they couldn't, they could, they were in awe of watching the show in, in the way that of the transitions that were happening throughout the pieces that that was unexpected and people hadn't really seen that before. And it's a piece of theater, you know, it, it really is. So it's, 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 it's also taking something that, you know, us or again, the, ISU, the governing bodies of theater on ice, there's always requirements, you know, just like synchro and, and you know, everything's filled with you have to do, you know, this section and this section and, you know, it's all themed and stuff. So we have the opportunity with IDI to go outside of every box and, and, and create an architectural, because I think the pieces themselves are architectural and design of movement, of flow, of energy, and, uh, and and it's about the flight and flow of skating in a really expansive way. So I don't know, it's, it's I do hope people come to see this show because I think they're gonna um, be surprised and also um, entertained in, 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 in a very significant way. What you're describing sounds very much like a concert. Mm that you would go to like a concert performance. I've been to a lot of different shows and one of the best ones I went to, and I'm not going to mention the artist was a seamless Mm -hmm. performance 
where he put his hand down and someone put a water bottle in his hand at just the time it was supposed to be there. And he just continued his performance the entire time. Mm. No breaks. It was all very seamless one into the next. And that was the first time I had ever seen anything like that because it's usually there's like, okay, we finish a song and it's over. Like you said, the, the, program is over everyone bows and leaves the ice but to have something that's continuous and tells the story in that way and is all connected by this thread and the construction of the whole show as one performance sounds very intriguing and i do hope folks go we mm -hmm. will talk at the end of the podcast about how you can mm -hmm. get tickets so hopefully folks will get tickets and go out to see the show. I know our friend Anne is thinking of going. So Yes, I th she's going to the show in Arizona, I believe. She's excited about yeah. it, you know. So yeah. Great. Um now I did I did get to see an Ice Dance International show. I believe it was at the Fenmore Museum. And that oh. was different cuz it was outside. It was on synthetic. Was it on synthetic ice? Yeah. Yeah. That they did and I will. I was very impressed by it because it was a very small square, but the the costumes and again a story. I think there was a story they were, um, because they just kept going. It just like you could go in and watch for a little bit and leave. It was just con consecutive. I think it was just continuous. That was like a site specific kind of experience we had, and that that piece was, uh, when Dick Button had his art collection at the Fenimore Museum. And he was getting ready yeah. to auction off all of his incredible histo historical art uh, that all has to do with skating. So we had based yeah. a piece on the Palais de Glace uh, poster that he had. So everything was um, really kind of of an era and of a time. And um, and that, that was an interesting experience. But we do we use synthetic ice quite a lot. And like we, we actually used it at Jacob's Pillow Dance Festival which is really the premier dance festival in the world of dance, not skating, but um, ballet and contemporary dance. And um, and it's, it's a significant um, experience in the Berkshires and they have an outdoor stage that is in the mountains and the trees and it's just an amazing wow. thing. So we performed there in 2019, right before COVID. And we're actually gonna go back this summer on July 5th, we'll be back to Jacob's Pillow on synthetic ice, which is, you know, a whole other level of, of skating, but it's, it's an extraordinary opportunity and we, we wouldn't be able to go there otherwise, you know, to do this on the outdoor stage and, and be part of that community of international uh, level um, of a dance festival. It's, it's an exciting opportunity for us and an honor. A lot of the shows that I've gone to have been at Strawberry Bank, mm. I think is the name of it. And I love the layout of that ice. Yeah. It's just not conventional, <laughs> but yet it works. You always make it work for the performances. Strawberry Bank is our winter home, but it's also a rink that I had invested a, a, a good amount of my um, energies in the founding of that rink um, as a site-specific early American experience. Um, and it has been such an incredible resource for us because that rink opened in 2014 the same time that ice dance international was was founded and we have a lot of programming there but it's really based on community engagement 
And in the in the December, we have a whole, um, they have what they call candlelight stroll, where the whole place is lit up in gorgeous early American Christmas holiday vintage candles. And we have a group of skaters um, that do an ice dance on Saturdays and Sundays throughout the stroll. That's a that's an early American um, look, and it's it's we call it the vintage skaters, and it's beautiful, and the costumes are gorgeous. Alicia Alicia Jackson, who everybody needs to know, Ooh, Alicia okay. Jackson does all of our costumes, and um, and she did work with me on Shall We Dance on Ice, uh, and I have you know, we wouldn't exist without Alicia's beautiful palettes of color and, you know, construction of her costumes that are a big part of Grace because the costumes really are also meant to go from one gorgeous palette to another that's part of the theater of the piece. But then also in Strawberry Bank, out we, we the last few years have done a Skating with the Stars show, which is when we partner local non-skaters with our pros. And it's a community event and it's a lot of fun. And we just finished that a few weeks ago this year. And uh, and a lot of what we do with Ice Dance International outside of performance is build community through skating. And we've done that on the seacoast of New Hampshire, of Maine, you know, that's that whole area. And we also try to do that through, you know, a national feel as well, you know, and, and just bringing people together to experience skating in new and un unexpected ways. But Strawberry Bank, for sure, it's also to get people outside during winter. It's an outdoor rink, um, and it's it's become one of the the you know sort of most recognized outdoor rinks in America. Uh, it's it's a special place, and they have a YouTube channel that you can watch the rink twenty four hours a day. It's on Boston and Maine Live, which is a, a channel that's on YouTube that they also focus their cameras on Mount Katahdin and on um, ports like Kenny Bunk Port and, and you can go and watch these channels. But the one on the ice rink has become so pot, millions of people watch this channel across the globe because it's so beautiful to watch. It's so early American uh, in its energies, but it's also just that sense of watching people skating outdoors in this space. It's, it's, um, it's, it's calming, it's meditative, it's so beautiful. And the comments, when you read the comments from people across the globe for our performances that we do, but also just the general skating there, it's 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 magical to to feel that it's affecting so many people. Yeah, I love Strawberry Bank. And that's actually where the skaters live too. They live in a, a house uh, at the Strawberry Bank Museum. We live in a house with, and so eight of our cast members live there during the winter and while we're preparing for tour. Gina, you have to check out this this yeah. outdoor ice rink because it's really different, but I love it because the shape of it is just... It's not your typical shape? Oh. No. No, there's a fire no. pit in the rink and it sort of uh, kind of goes out like an oval and... Um, yeah, it's 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 really amazing. I yeah, I definitely need to put that on my list of a place that I need to go skate at. <laughs> where where are you, Gina? Where do you live at? I'm in Western New York, so Rochester area. Oh, uh, I see. Uh huh. Yep. So I gotta come north, you know, northeast New England area, and come and check it out. Yeah, you gotta come check it out because it's very it's unique. I like it. 
It's fun. I keep trying to get over to see Skating with the Stars, and I just haven't been able to make it yet, but I'm hoping maybe next year. Well, it's always the coldest day of winter, so... (laughs) (laughs) It was! You had it during that those two days where it was, like, negative... Always. 17. Well, fortunately, we we did move it this year to the Sunday, and it was a beautiful day. It really... um, Yeah. It, we fortunately we didn't do it when it was minus 70 so <laughs> oh it was, so, it was so bad it was so cold like we've never seen i've never seen it that cold here like minus 17 and yeah it was my furnace was fighting to keep up with it it was so so cold yeah. but then the, that sunday it was back up to like 35 which was a heat wave from what we had before <laughs> that was something yeah it was it was a beautiful day yeah, Strawberry Bank has been such a significant home for us, and and um, we look forward to growing programming there, of course. And um, yeah, the skaters we go back there on um, Sunday, and then we have two days at home. The skaters will live back at the museum, and we have two days at home uh, where we do a friends and family show of grace on Tuesday at the Dover Ice Arena in Dover, New Hampshire. And um, and then we head out to Minnesota. So another cold place. <laughs> yeah, I have been checking the weather, and it fortunately doesn't look so bad. Yeah, but you you throw in Arizona and California, so hopefully some warm weather will greet you when you get to those two states. That was some strategic yeah. planning for sure. I was I said we're going to finish this tour in, in some beautiful weather. And uh, and hopefully it will, because right now, California doesn't look like it's getting the best weather either. So I'm like, no rain, rain. I have a couple of friends in California and it it's been about the rain. Yeah, it's just raining all the time. Um, One of the reasons that we wanted to go to Minnesota was because of Roy Blakey Uh, and Roy Blakey has the Ice Stage Archive, which is a archival history of show skating and theatrical skating and it's um really going back to you know the early years of charlotte and you know sonia henny through but it's a it's a but he has been a significant part of my life and we were going to honor roy at, at our show in uh saint paul on march 9th for his uh he'll he'll receive the inaugural for the love of skating award from ice dance international and um, oh that's wonderful yeah so we're really excited to you know um share the show with with roy it's one of the things i've wanted to make sure he's also the same age as dick button so you know they're in their 90s and i want to make sure Mm -hmm. that he has an opportunity to see um to see the work that we're doing and also, of course, the history that St. Paul and, and Minneapolis has with show skating in general. With So you are starting an award. We are. Yeah. I. Uh, How did that come about? <laughs> well, you know, it's always um, for me, the idea was to celebrate somebody that has been passionate about skating and the show skating, especially people that have created, you know, significant contributions to, um, to supporting the growth, to supporting the history, to supporting the current craft. And Roy seemed like the right person to um, acknowledge as the inaugural um, recipient of this award. 
And um, and so we'll we'll plan to do this each year, you know, from now on. So um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad so, about it. So, what made you decide to start IDI? You had all of this experience working for Ice Theater of New York, so you kind of had the experience like under your belt. What made you decide to do IDI, and how did it come about? Who did you work with to create it? Mm. Well, so it, it it came about with again the idea to um, have a touring company and one that was going to um, provide opportunities for people across not just the United States, but the hopeful idea was also that we would be taking the company internationally, and um, you know that's still a dream of ice dance international is to be able to, you know, go to Europe and to Japan and places like that with the company. If that doesn't happen, so be it, it's already achieved its goals in so many different ways. And, um, but I had been working, I was the artistic director for ice theater of New York and, and we had shared many, many years together. And I just knew that I was ready to start my own company um with a new platform and also one that was based out of new england because that's where my home was and i wanted to mm -hmm. you know really develop my home um but the the idea again of ice ice dance international was to create a home for ice dancers and um a, a, a passionate skater about the nuance of skating like i said and all of that kind of energy around it um but so, so it, but it was a difficult transition from Ice Theater of New York, and I started the company with Dick Button, uh, who, of course, is you know the godfather of all figure skating, and um, and also Edward Valella, who had just um, he's a ballet icon, he's a recipient of the Kennedy Center honors, and he had just moved to New York City back from Miami City Ballet, where he was the founding artistic director for 25 years of, you know, one of the world's best ballet companies. And uh, and his wife, Linda Valella, who was a Canadian figure skating champion who went to the Olympics in 1968. And, um, and then Debbie Gordon, who has since passed away. So the five of us uh, came together as a group and we founded Ice Dance International together. And our first board of directors, and many are still on the board, um, include significant skating figures like Dorothy Hamill and Jojo Starbuck and Scott Allen, who have come also from the ideas of an ensemble company that John Curry uh, created, which was the, you know, the, the real beginning of this artistic ensemble level of skating. And this is the lineage that we all, um, you know, hope to be a part of is that celebration of what John was setting out to do. Um, and not not just in the in the vocabulary of his movement or his skating, but of the idea of having an ensemble company that was providing a home, uh, like a ballet company, you know, like a dance company does. And um, <clears throat> and so we 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 started the company and you know it, we had one tour that we built work and created work. We have also, one of our goals with Ice Dance International is to provide opportunities for great choreographers. So we have work in Grace and in our show from, you know, some of the the major figures of skating choreography today, like Benoit Richaud and Roheen Ward and Cindy Stewart. Um, 
And so that's also part of our mission is to provide a platform for ice skating choreographers who are at the top of their game to build material for the company, as well as dance choreographers like Trey McIntyre and Edward Villela. Um, and we spent the first couple of years with the company um, doing building material and going on tour. And then we had an opportunity to create two public television specials that we did create and they aired on PBS uh, for almost three years um, and in all the major markets and many primetime experiences with, with those shows. And, uh, and then we got the company back on tour and we were heading, we were partnering with public television and our, we were um, heading out to Boise to the CenturyLink Arena, which was gonna be our first big arena show. And it was in partnership with Idaho Public Television and COVID happened. So <laughs> everything stopped like for everybody. So we didn't go to <laughs> Boise and now we're starting from scratch again in a lot of ways to get the touring back and to, but, but we, so we got back on tour last fall and now we're back at it this spring. And, 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 but through this period, now going into our ninth, lots of the work comes from it's, you know, it's, it's cultivated work through 2016 to now 2015 to now. Um, so we've been able to pull material to create the show and, uh, and, you know, provide again, a profile for Benoit, Rohin and, and Cindy and, 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 and my, my own work, of course. So, um, but go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask what the process is like for creating a show like Grace. How, how did you say it took a couple years to put it all together or, you know, how do you work with all the choreographers to put together a show like Grace. Well, Grace came out of the pandemic. You know, the the idea of Grace um, was something that I I think, and also the political division that was happening it, throughout that same period. I wanted to create a show that was a place of grace, that was a place of meditation, a place of community, a place of coming together for a shared experience and of understanding and compassion, and also a show about the energies of the cosmos and the world that we live in, in the universe, um, of that sense of awe, of wonder, of the, of what grace is in the, in the, in the cosmic energies of the world. So I think the idea of grace itself really bore itself out of, um, the, the, the angst and the kind of general sense of division that, that the pandemic and, and politics and, you know, all of the things and, and what's happening with, racism and, and gender identity and all the things that this show is about inclusivity and equality and coming together to gather to share and to um and to feel compassion towards one another and that's what i wanted to um have as a message and that is the message of this show i hope that when people do come to see grace um <clears throat> that they leave feeling like they've experienced um, a sense of awe and wonder of what grace is to them and to um, their own lives. So, but it's 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 also looking at the pieces, you know, as a as an artistic, like what pieces did resonate that feeling. So in the show we have one of the pieces that we have is called In the Light that we've done for many years, 
Daphne, I know you've seen it. Um, and that's, I have. It's beautiful. That's the finale of the show, and and it's it is a piece about um, about this sense of community and 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 living in the light. And another piece that we have is called Continuum, which is something that was part of the television shows and that we also built for Jacob's Pillow. So it's three pieces that's um, about the, the cosmos and it's Philip Glass music and Max Richter. And um, and it's just a it's 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 an experience to watch that piece as well. It's um, about the energies of the the wonder of the world and and and, and life itself. and. And then we have a piece called Revival that we do that's um, really about community as well and, and coming together and sharing story. Um, and, uh, and so it's, 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 it's a theme um, and, and, the, and they all these pieces do. I mean, it was interesting to, to create a show that has purpose and meaning and, and cultivate what those pieces would be to create this experience for people. And it does. It's like I know from the fall, people cry a lot. So I, I think you know, it, it. I hope oh. it resonates because <laughs> like people do get emotional watching this show. And I'm, and even me, I you know watching rehearsals yesterday, there were some moments where I, I sort of you know choke up because um, it's it is it's special to watch the skaters. Also, the skaters. It's it's this has been an amazing week here because we performed last fall. And by the end of our tour, they really developed a, a certain level of nuance to their performances, to the theater and to the understanding of the relationships that they're all sharing on the ice. So when we entered rehearsals this time, they were already in that place of theater. Um, and, and now we're able to clean and to detail and to develop much more, you know, just another level of performance that I think is gonna be exciting to share with people for sure. Because it's very rare, you know, even Stars on Ice and stuff, they don't rehearse that much, you know, they, they, you know, of course, Disney on Ice, they do, but, but to have a show like Ice Dance International's Grace, where, where, you know, we are like fully rehearsing for days, and, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, a, a different energy to see a show that has that much kind of attention to craft and to detail. Yeah, I remember that Stars on Ice used to go to like Placid and be there for days preparing. Yeah, they used to. Because yeah. they had they used to have a lot of intricate pieces where you had to practice, you had mm -hmm. to rehearse to get all of the pieces to work together. But it's moved away from that and it's much more kind of like a champions on ice yeah. tour with a few group yeah. numbers here and there, but it's not you know, what Sandra Bezik did back in the day, of course. And, you know, even when I was working on the Stars on Ice show, you know, they had longer rehearsals. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money and, you know, shows need to make that's... money. And I mean, that's the thing with, <laughs> with Ice Dance International is, you know, we're a not-for-profit organization. And so we rely on grants and funding. And, and you know, fortunately, we... Um, you know, I've spent the last nine years trying to, you know, be able to make sure that we have the revenue to support a show like this. And so thankfully that people do give and they they support because they also believe in what we're doing. Um, and so, so we're able to do these rehearsals and pay the skaters for rehearsals and housing and, you know, all of the things that go with it. 
So it's uh, it's something that I've always believed in my whole life is that this is what I want to do is, is you know, make sure that skaters are paid well and and have it's it's that they feel valued in, in the, the experience of their time and their energies. Well, going back to something you said about the emotional reaction to the show, I wonder if the beauty and elegance of the pieces that you've selected for this show coupled with the fact that we've all been on kind of an emotional journey over the past couple of years dealing with isolation and um, being disconnected from things that we were connected with that maybe the part of the reaction is by seeing this in person it's giving you some sort of like a release Mm -hmm. of that emotion because you're affected by what you're seeing on the ice and the beauty of it the tranquility the connection that the performers have with each other and with the audience that it invokes this reaction because it's connecting you with that feeling that you've had that maybe you didn't want to connect with because it's been such a roller coaster and maybe this is you know in some ways therapeutic to Mm -hmm. have a release like that that I, I I hope I I do I I um I think also just seeing skating at this level is therapeutic because you're seeing people fly yes. across the ice you know like and and in patterns and formations in this show that resonate you know a lot of as a choreographer what I also um and you know not always but in some pieces like revival create an energy of a mandala you know of a interweaving circles of movement that are spiraling energies around each other that are also um, in a way sacred in in their energies, Um, you know, creating that sense of shape and design um, through skating. But yeah, I mean, the music as well, you know, the music is emotional and, and so yeah, I mean, if if this show helps people heal and feel and to, you know, have some sense of, um, you know, opportunity also to get out and see a live show too. And, you know, you, you know the nice thing about a skating yeah. rink is you can go sit anywhere and uh, and have a mask on, right? Like you don't have to mm-hmm. come and, and sit. You can. Especially our shows. I'm sure they'll, there'll be room so people can spread out if they need to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you've done um, public television. You've done two like shows with public television. I actually just got an email from a, a fan wanting to know, inquiring about skating shows that will be streamed or on TV. Is IDI planning to do any of that in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's always part of our goal. I mean, our, our TV shows can be streamed. You can go to our website, icedanceinternational.org, and you can rent or purchase our two TV shows. Um, I think they're on our, our store page. We have an IDI store. So I think if you go onto that page, you can rent them for $5 and see them there. Um, but we have lots of goals to create. I've spent a lot of my career making TV shows. Um, I spent, you know, the Shall We Dance on Ice shows with Disson. Then prior to that, I spent years and years making reality shows. Um, I was choreographing shows in Holland. And also I did Skating with the Stars for ABC TV um, with uh, with Cindy Stewart and myself. We were the co-choreographers and our friend Chucky. Um, 
who is amazing. He was the a choreographer on High School Musical that we uh, met when we worked on High School Musical because Cindy and I both worked on the Disney show High School Musical, the Ice Tour, which was a lot of fun. And um, but uh, but TV, I mean, I have lots of projects, um, and one of them is based on um, a, a Strawberry Bank, as we were talking about to make a Christmas Carol for public television a skating version that's filmed in the site-specific way at Strawberry Bank, and that also talks about early American holiday and kind of build a sort of historical um, site-specific ice show around that for public television as well. And I have another show I also had, right before COVID, wanted to create a, a public television special too that is still in my mind to do a, um, a show that pairs ballet with ice dance. Um, and that would be more pas de deux and duets and things like that, you know, of, of creating um, some of that. But I would love to do a show that we showcase. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. But I will definitely mention to this fan to go check out IDI's uh, store pay, you know, store section on the website to, you know rent you know uh one of your shows great they are, so doug they are the, yeah, the oh, shows that that was a such an interesting thing to be able to make those shows um you know how that happened was the the ceo of um american public television uh was also um on the board of the strawberry bank museum and lives in my hometown of kittery so we got to connect it's so random, but but that 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 happened is a is a miracle as well that we were able to make those shows, and we filmed them in Sun Valley, Idaho, which was amazing. You mentioned earlier that looking at skating in new and unique ways, and that reminds me of our good friend Jordan Cowan, and I know that he's been involved with you guys before. He created on ice perspectives to give people a different look at skating. And I think it, it's very much in line with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, and Jordan, it's interesting because he was actually in our TV show. So you can watch Jordan in the world of Ice Dance International um, because that was a professional opportunity for him. And that was, we, 2017, made those uh, TV shows in Sun Valley. And Jordan, during our rehearsal, started filming and he does credit that period of his time as the beginning of his on ice perspectives. Um, because I was like, Jordan, please learn the skating choreography and stop filming people. <laughs> but but he I'm glad such he did a, because he look what he's done. And um and and it's true, he was so smart to see the opportunity that uh social media could provide as well, and that it, you know, and his his vision of how to see skating. Um, moving through the skater's space and the skater's perspective and that on ice perspective is brilliant. What he does is is just amazing. And we've been lucky to work with Jordan many times over the years. And we have also other projects. Jordan and I are talking about developing a project um, next year uh, to film on a lake and like a really crafted, cultivated project together. So we're talking about that actually up here in Munson, Maine. That sounds like Jordan. 
Yeah. He's always looking at creative ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the bottom line is we need to get skating in front of new viewers. We need to get skating out there and accessible. And that's something Jordan really understands. And so that's why one of, I think, his driving forces is to create these videos that pull you into the performance because you're right there with the skater. Mm-hmm. And that is just... It's a unique perspective, and I think yeah, it's definitely helping. I agree to get it out there. Even coming to see a show like Grace, um, it's you're you're in a more intimate environment than a big arena. You're you're seeing mm-hmm. the skating really close up because you're you're at you know more of a rink level, and it's not always the nicest environment because it is an ice rink, but it is so extraordinary to see the skating, you know in in a more intimate kind of experience and to be engaged with the skaters in their performances and, and, and like that. So I hope that IDI also provides some kind of opportunity as a different perspective, of course, to see skating, as we said, in, you know, new and, and exciting ways. Agreed. I think it's really important, especially because we're trying to get it out there more so that people can see it and draw new fans. It's a really, I think, important time for skating. Mm-hmm. We need to connect and build these connections with the current audience and new people who I think if they could see some of these unique presentations would be more drawn to it. But it's getting it out there so people can see it and going you know, going outside of Maine, Doug, you're going to, you know, Minnesota, Arizona, this is, you know, it's great. Because I think back to, you know, living in Maine in a, in a rural state that, I mean, skating, <laughs> I don't think we're the Mecca of it. No, no. But I love, no. <laughs> I love that IDI is here because I'm really proud of that. Well, I, that's so nice to, and I, I love that the IDI resides in Maine as well and also gets to affect New England because I grew up in North Conway, New Hampshire. And as a kid, I skated in Maine and it was a very small skating community, but we do have a skating history here. <clears throat> John Miller and I grew up together um, in Winthrop, Maine. I lived with his family and we were kids together. So John Miller, of course, has gone on oh to become gosh. one of the top ice dance judges yeah. and now is the comptroller of U.S. figure skating, right? So John and yeah. Amy Webster, we grew up, we're not related, Amy and me, but we uh, we um, we grew up together and Amy and Ron went on to be world competitors and were, you know, on the Champions on Ice tour. And um, <clears throat> But that group of us, the three of us were kids together. So it's fun to see how we've all grown up to keep the joy and the passion of skating and, and, you know, to bring it back to Maine um, for me was, was very special and to live in Maine. I just, I think Maine is the most amazing state. I I love it so much. So. It's a beautiful state. I grew up on an Island in down East Maine. Oh, wow. Almost to Canada. Oh, wow. Mm. Rich. The communities are very rich as far as traditions and getting behind their sports teams. It's a very crazy time right now because 
basketball has been yes basketball's been huge big. here basketball is huge right now because we're around you know when you're making when you're having your performance this saturday i think it's the state games for a bunch of for sure the basketball tournaments so maine has a has a rich sporting tradition here and i like that ice dance is now within that continuing to be within mm. that now and we've been funded by the main arts happy. commission and you know we we have you know just this opportunity up here at monson arts um we we partnered during covid we partnered with uh, ll bean which is of course the big clothing retail store and yes. we did we were part of their program called winter across maine and so we did free performances and free classes all over maine uh, a year ago um and that's when we developed the we came up here to dover foxcroft maine which is um mm -hmm. really up towards canada like it's it's above the Canadian border and it is and and we we came here uh last year with ll bean and then we came back in the fall and then this year they said they want to which is a miracle develop this relationship with us to provide us housing and ice time um to bring the company here to engage with the community and to rehearse and to bring our show here because they felt like it was so significant to um a, of an opportunity for the, for for a rural town in Maine to be able to have a company like ours engaging with you know like last night we had we we all worked with all the the local learn to skate program and then the night before we worked with the hockey programs here and from you know little kids up to adults so we were just you know that's one of the things is to be able to share again not just the community engagement and performance but we also teach and we are educators part of that skate 360 kind of school that that, that iStance international has let's talk a little bit more about skate 360 yeah and the story behind it so you know thank you i I, for many, many years working for Disney, you know, taught class to the company. I was the sort of the, and class is edge class, company warm up in the morning. Um, and I developed that class with Cindy Stewart. A lot of that also came from the, um, the energies that Robin Cousins was teaching in Holiday and Ice, and of course, John Curry's company. And then I, I taught class with Ice Dance, uh, I mean, Ice Theater of New York. I was, you know, running that whole edge class opportunities that they had. And back, I guess it was 2015 or 16, John Millier came to me and said that, you know, he wanted to develop something that was taking skating outside of the box for US figure skating. And would I teach my class at the dance camp um, for, for US figure skating? And so I developed Skate 360, the brand then, which was a multi-dimensional way of movement through space. And it's really based on Laban movement analysis, which is about space, shape, effort, and body. Um, they, the best is this sort of body, effort, shape, and space. And it's what dancers use to, you know, graduate students learn Laban movement analysis. A lot of athletes, a lot of actors use it. And so really it's a, about in skating, it was sort of like coincided with that same time where um, skating to me has followed the, 
the, the lineage of ballet. So you have classical ballet to neoclassical ballet to contemporary ballet to modern ballet. And that's sort of right now we're moving and skating into a contemporary modern place where we're moving in all different levels, low, medium, high, backspace, front, front space, all through planes of motion, which is that what we're seeing in skating is taking people outside of that two-dimensional stick figure, my don't move my arms, which is how all of us, and it's also, a, to me, it's about moving skating beyond gender and moving skating beyond, um, you, you know, that sense that it, it, it's, it's, it's a universal movement that we all move through these planes of motion, that we all move through space in, in the same ways. Our bodies function, so it's learning joint so you learn anatomy you learn physical movement you learn choreography but the the classes i taught for u.s figure skating at the dance camps i did three or four years i can't remember um and they were so much fun because the we had you know the juvenile intermediate kids and then the novice and junior but then we had that elite group which was like maddie and zach and um you know um Jean-Luc and Caitlin and everybody and um and those classes to see those athletes artists really because they are all artists um moving through the skate 360 classes that I did it was it was so exciting so it's also our company warm-up now that we do every morning and you see skate 360 movement in grace you see it in the show which is you know um but skate 360 the school itself is not just about elite skating because you know I don't teach nothing about IDI is competitive it's all about community it's all about I consider myself <coughs> a teacher not a I'm not a coach or <coughs> I just teach and um Skate 360 provides that platform now are you doing classes before the grace shows and you're on your tour <clears throat> we do we have one in saint paul um next wednesday on the 8th there's a low level from six to seven and then a high level from seven to eight uh, this is also on our website you can go look up the upcoming events page or there's also a page for clinics uh on the website which is icedanceinternational.org uh, we have a clinic in milwaukee from three to five which is more of a a bigger skate like the one in st paul's an edge class and then in milwaukee we're actually doing a skate 360 clinic which is adults low level and high level and then we do another edge class which is a high level edge class in in tempe arizona um so that'll be a real skate 360 class in tempe so yeah we try to engage when and when we have the time and opportunity um to do so but I taught those classes also. I spent years with Grassroots to Champions, which was Audrey Wissiger's clinics and Sheila Thalen doing, you know, these classes across the, the United States for many years as well. So have you given any thought to what's next for IDI mm -hmm. after Grace? Have you started Sleep. <laughs> putting things together? <laughs> I mean, you talked about a project with Jordan yeah so well for one we do have one of our pieces that we did film on a frozen lake that's on public television now you can see on our website too called solstice and we filmed that um which is a, a kid's fantasy piece that i also made up for covid to provide something joyful for kids to, to watch um that you can watch on our website but 
um, you know, directly after Grace, we're going to Jacob's Pillow in July. So I'll put my focuses on my focus onto what that performance is going to be. And then the, the hopeful, uh, we're hopeful that Grace will tour again in the fall and spring of next year. Um, fall looking very promising right now um, to do, you know, keep the tour going as well as a few places in the summer. I'd love to take this show. So I think this rehearsal period has been so significant this week because it's the shows come together quite quickly and we've had this opportunity to clean. So as, if we can keep the same group together, it, we can go to different locations, you know, pretty simply um, through the year. And then of course to build this, again, our winter programming that you're talking about a piece with Jordan is of great interest to me next, next winter. Um, and we also are going to put more energies in the fall into creating new work because it's time that we start building some new material with the company. So I'm looking at new choreographers to come in and create, and that will be an opportunity, I hope, for some, some wonderful, both ice skating choreographers and dance choreograph choreographers to work with the company. But really, we're looking towards the 10th anniversary, which is coming up after this year. So... It is. Which is mm -hmm. just hard to believe. So, <laughs> um, and in the 10th anniversary, you know, we're looking for um, a new television project and, um, and, a, and, a, and I still have one show that I haven't, um, I've been working on for over 10 years now. Um, and I would like to start putting more energies into that show, which is called The New Yorker, which is a working title. It's a, a recreation of the, of the hotel shows from the thirties and forties and bringing back a little glamor into ice skating and, <laughs> and a, a real feeling of nightclub energies with live music, singing and, and dinner kind of experience, like a whole nightclub experience. Ooh, that, that sounds really cool. <laughs> that makes me think of the three smokers. Cause you have that yeah. one program. It makes me think of that because it's such a fun program and it's three male skaters that are wearing tuxedos and I've seen it a couple of times and it's been not the same people like I know Ryan Bradley did one Ian Lorella was another one that I saw but there were others who filled in the role like it's so seamless how you can bring people in and have them rehearse and it looks like they've been part of it forever when i know i saw someone else in that same mm. number like months <clears throat> before yeah that number so many people have done the three smokers and um and that was choreographed by edward valella um loosely loosely based on a piece he had at miami city ballet called neighborhood ballroom which did it was a piece that went through the eras of dance and and things like that but but it, that piece is so playful and so much fun. And I think the last time we did it was Roheen, Ian, Lorello, and um, Roheen Ward, and I think Adam Kaplan um, might have been the last cast because we, that was on tour when, when COVID happened. So we'll bring the three smokers back. And yeah, I mean, the, the New Yorker project yeah. is, is similar to that, um, uh, but really um, bringing singers and standards into a nightclub experience. Um, that was Artie Shaw. The Three Smokers was all the music of Artie Shaw, which was um, just such a great 
great piece. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a lot, a lot of, yeah. lot of fun memories <laughs> thinking about the three smokers. I love it. I, I've seen it in different like in different places i saw it at strawberry bank i think i saw it in february that last show and it was roheen and adam kaplan and ian lorello that did it mm -hmm. there i think um but i've seen it another time and it was it's just different people and i love how cohesive yeah it is and the synergy of bringing different people in to do it and it works yeah and i mean every time brent Bomentry, i think in a vice dancer brent Bomentry, joel deer skated three smokers and joel's now coaching you know una engage and um yeah there's a lot of history to that piece a lot of a lot of amazing skaters ryan did it for years ryan bradley so yeah, it's so musical, that piece. It's, it's you know, just every beat of the music has, you know, some something going on. It's it's terrific. A yeah, lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And actually that piece has, has a, you know, there's two, three other parts to it with the ladies come out. So we have, it goes into a more ice dancey. And we have, we don't always perform the entire piece of the three smokers. Sometimes we just pull the guys out. Um, it's, so it's great oh yeah, thank you it's a lot of fun to watch yeah <laughs> it was fun well we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us i know you're really yes. busy getting ready for the tour <laughs> yes. can you let folks know where can they get more information or tickets to the show sure so our website is icedanceinternational.org and on the icedanceinternational.org website is a page called upcoming events and all tickets are available uh, on the upcoming events page. I encourage people to follow us on social media just to see, you know, the process of what we're going through. We're posting a lot of rehearsal things right now. Um, and uh, we'll be in St. Paul at the Trier rink on the 9th. We'll be in Milwaukee at the Kern Center on the 10th. And then we'll be in Geneva, Illinois in Fox Valley Ice Arena on the 11th and then we go to Tempe, Arizona uh, on the 17th at the new Mountain America Community Iceplex. On the 18th, we're in Palm Springs uh, at the new Burger Foundation Iceplex. And then we finish in Los Angeles at Lakewood in, uh, in, in Lakewood Ice. And we also have performers in Minnesota, um, in Minneapolis, we have American Ice Theater, St. Paul, Minneapolis, performing with us, One Piece. And in Tempe, Arizona, we have American Ice Theater, Phoenix, performing with us, One Piece. And in Milwaukee, we have a company called Ice Theater MKE, which is the initials for Milwaukee, um, performing with us there. So we're trying to bring you know, local groups into our performances as well. So they'll open the second act of our show. Um, but yeah, all tickets at icedanceinternational.org and, um, and, uh, the shows are very reasonably priced and, you know, just, uh, please tell people to come and, and not just support this show, but what you're really supporting is, um, is these opportunities for professional skaters like Alyssa Sisney, who is a part of Grace. She's, we haven't even talked about Alyssa, but she's, of course, two-time two, two United <laughs> States champion who is a big part of Grace, uh, a very significant um, skater in the show and Ksenia, like the whole cast. Um, but you're you're helping support their salaries and their 
their their opportunities to to keep this work going. Um, so you know, just by buying a ticket, you're you're supporting the company in very significant ways. Um, well, we will put all that information in our show notes, so so yes. people can definitely check it out in case they did not write that down, all that information down <laughs> as you were talking about it. It'll be right there when they. Uh, click on this episode. So. Great. And hopefully like for those listening and, and that, that ice dance international continues to provide a home for skaters up and coming and, and that want to be part of, you know, an ensemble. And I think that that's really, um, you know, skating so demanding as an individual, you know, where it's very isolating in so many ways. So if we can, you know, think again of, of creating, opportunities in skating that do provide community and um and a home for people that they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves i i hope that this company does provide that for many people throughout the next 10 let's go to the 20th decade i don't know we'll see what <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> but uh, toast to ice dancing and to all of those that are pursuing it. Don't forget to bend your knees and every bend becomes an extension. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Doug. Yes, thank um, you, Doug. Gina, Doug has mentioned where people can get tickets and learn more information. Can you let folks know where to find us on social you, media? Yes, you can find us on our website, thisweekinskating.com, social media, Twitter, it's at this WK in skating and Facebook and Instagram. It's this week in skating. And of course, we love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received so far. Keep the questions and comments coming. It helps us frame what we're going to be talking about on future episodes. But with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.